Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Loudwire Podcast. I am Graham. And I'm Joe. And we've got William Duvall of Alice in Chains and Ben Weinman of the Dillinger Escape Plan in the studio today. Uh, both in the new band, Giraffe Tongue Orchestra, uh, the new album, Broken Lines, September 23rd. Now, I'm such a huge fan of both of these guys, so actually having them in is like an honor for me, and I've never met either of these dudes before. So just to be able to talk with them, I'm super happy about We're going to be doing uh, Rocket vs. Writer, and today's topic is going to be the term supergroup. Is it overused? Should it be used at all? Uh, they'll take a side. Joe will take a side. We'll see what happens there. It's the Loudwire Podcast. Strap in. And strap on. All right, hey everyone, Loudwire Podcast, and today our guests from Giraffe Tongue Orchestra, William Duvall and Ben Weinman. Thank you guys so much. Such a big fan of both of you. Uh, so, thank you again. <laughs> uh, so, the new band, Giraffe Tongue Orchestra, uh, one thing I'm really interested in learning about is uh, your two roles in the band, because coming from... Allison Chains, William, it's uh, Jerry Cantrell, of course, the driving creative force behind that, although I do love Phantom Limb, which you have a songwriting credit oh, on. Yeah. And then, Ben, you've been the main creative force of Dillinger Escape Plan for like two decades. So when it comes to this band, how did you find yourself settling into your, I guess, creative duties? Well, I mean, I mean I've, I've been the, the driving force of every band I've been in except Alice, so it's a natural role for me. And um, you know, with, with something like this, where you've got, um, you know, sort of two people who are used to occupying these positions, but, but have very distinct, um, you know, sort of separation of powers, I guess, if we could say it like that, you know, like, like there's, there's division of labor here. That's, that's so clear cut as to make it really easy and really harmonious and, and, like when they sent me the music, when you know that, that they they had been working on Brent and Ben um, with Thomas and Pete, it was it was like um, my my one of my my challenges was to not change anything that they'd sent, not try to rearrange anything, not try to you know so you can take this and redo it like three times instead of four or five times, you know, and then and just to do what was there, but within those parameters have complete sort of dominion over what what's going to be said you know and so it worked out really well man like i didn't ask them to change a thing they didn't ask me to change a thing and here we are you know so you'd say really the biggest thing is not infringing on each other's respective roles yeah i mean as much as possible just let 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 people be who they are you know that's why we're here that's why we came together mm -hmm. you know yeah i mean that was the, the thing i was most impressed with is that he really took a body of work that was completed musically and made it work uh, with, you know, it was enjoyable to get all of that hard work back with a new level of creation on top of it, which glued it all together in a way that I hadn't necessarily even envisioned it. So that's really nice. Um, I think as William says, we kind of occupy different spaces of expertise or mm -hmm. not expertise, but you know, we do our things, you know. We you know what each person do, does. Yeah, best. we do our things and we do it well. So, um, so that works out well. And uh, yeah, 
Yeah, so this band, I mean, you've got members of Dillinger Escape Plan, Allison Chains, Mastodon, the Mars Volta. On paper, it sounds like this could be the weirdest band that's ever existed, <laughs> like when it comes to the music that you guys could potentially produce. But again, you guys went uh, smooth and soulful and, and nice. And, uh, you know, what do you think the reaction is going to be? And, uh, is what you accomplished what you really set out to do, or was there any expectation? Well, I think we all took ourselves out of our comfort zones in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, comparatively to a Dillinger record, you may consider it smooth or like, <laughs> you know, less dense. And, and compared to an Alice in Chains record, there's a lot of acrobats, acrobatics sure. going on musically that he wouldn't normally be singing over in, in Alice in Chains. And um, I think that's the beauty of it. It's uh, where all of that meets in the middle that creates something completely different than any of our bands. Um, yeah. And that's that was the goal. That's the goal of any project right. that you're doing outside of your uh, something you've already done, is to learn from each other, push each other in different directions, and create something original that also respects each person's style. Yeah. And then, yeah, in essence, the answer to your question, were the goals accomplished? Absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, the, the first bit of your question, remind me what that was again, you, you had a, you had a, oh, it was that basically this could have been the weirdest band possible. Do you think fans are going to be surprised? What's the reaction been is what you asked. And, and yeah. the reaction so far has been fantastic. Great. Fantastic. And we're just so, so happy about it. Great. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, Alice in Chains did a, a gigantic opening slot with Guns N' Roses earlier this year. Uh, I mean, basically the tour of the century, mm -hmm. and you guys got to open. Can you tell me what that experience was like, and what what was that crowd like? Because I feel like that's probably going to be the most impassioned group of people that you can possibly play music for. It was It was really good. I mean, big audiences are nothing new to us. Um, you know, we've done a lot of festivals and we've done stadiums and stuff before, but this was special because of, of who it was we were playing with and the, the whole sense of event around it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's rare, especially in, in this country that an American rock band can create this kind of fervor and do that kind of business. Um, you know, where the rock show becomes almost like the sporting event, you know, like it's, it's like every, like every night those guys are, are playing the Super Bowl essentially. And so that's amazing. So to be, it's an honor just to be, be a part of something like that at that scale. And for this reason, and then of course, you know, beyond all that, we're fans of the band and we're friends with those guys, you know, Duff and Slash for sure. And, and so, it was it was really cool and uh, just glad it worked out. It was a total spectacle, like you would expect, and um, you know the fans were great. I mean, you know it it it's not like um, you know going out and playing in front of a crowd of I don't know, like say Slayer fans, you know that I, I know are very sort of you know they only want their Slayer, you know what I mean? Uh, yes, very that's and true, yeah. and that's it, right? And any opener on, on a Slayer thing has has often, maybe not always, but often yeah, had I've. a had a very <laughs> they've often had a hard time. Guns N' Roses, this is like a nice evening out for any rock fan. Guns N' Roses, Alice in Chains, completely makes sense as a bill. 
people came out they had a good time you know some of these folks it's going to be their one night out all year you know what i mean some of these folks have been waiting. I think you were you were describing like you you took your mom to see it. Yeah, I saw them over the <laughs> right? weekend at MetLife. Yeah. I took my mom and yeah, like you said, like a sporting event. I mean, people yeah. were tailgating for hours. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like they captured a moment in time that's been lost. I mean, at least yeah. in America, like right. you were saying, it's right. headliner, opener, stadium. I never got to experience this kind right. of huge phenomenon right. sensation. It's yeah. like. You know, you're dying to see this band just mm-hmm. like they were mm-hmm. in, you know, 1989. You don't really know who these guys are. And it's just like the electricity just couldn't have been higher. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and it's it's like uh, and it, it's increasingly rare, as I said, and and, and um, like it's increasingly rare all over the world. But yeah, in America, it's kind of unheard of, you know, so I'm just really glad we got to do it. Now, you replaced, obviously, a huge singer and icon in Lane Staley when you mm-hmm. joined Alice in Chains. And Axl Rose has, uh, at least for the time being, replaced Brian Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, now, having opened for Guns N' Roses recently and everything and, you know, seeing Axl perform, mm-hmm. obviously, more than capable of the job. But mm-hmm. um, what can you speak to what it's like um, for replacing such an iconic singer like that and now too for, an, for a band like ACDC and what Axel's doing? Well, I, you know, obviously related to a lot of what he was going through, um, particularly before anybody had even heard anything. The court of public opinion was very loud and resounding in, in, in their judgments. Very divisive. Pre-judgments. And then he actually did his first shows and people started seeing things on YouTube or whatever on videos and and most of them had to eat their words and and and, and I was happy to see that a lot of the people were willing to say so in public like I was wrong you know what I mean yeah. like that was you don't get that a lot we, it was it was I mean to to I'm talking about Axel now I mean you know and and ACDC and he and I were joking about it because it's like like I was like, yeah, man, it was really cool to see you like shut all these people up. You know, mm-hmm. it was really nice, you know, and I know a tiny bit about that. But I mean, you know, it it it's it's cool, man. I mean, look, it's at the end of the day, it's it's bands are just these like I've said before, they're just these fragile organisms, and you know, I can understand. To some degree, I understand both sides of, of a position on a particular band, but but when you get something that just works, it works. And when you look at somebody like Axel, it works. I mean, it just does to me. I get it. It's not Brian Johnson, but it you know, and it and it's and neither one of them are Bon Scott. Mm-hmm. But in terms of vocal range and stuff, and in terms of like attitude, like there are not many more like people who can conjure the pissed off quality that Axl Rose can, man. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's working some stuff out mm-hmm. in those songs, right? That G- we all know from GNR. And mm. so it's only natural that when he's going to get to be in like his favorite band, ACDC, he's, gonna, cool, yeah. he's not going to mess around. He knows what the chatter is going to be and he's going to do everything in his power to shut everybody the fuck up. <laughs> and... So I just dug it from that perspective. Again, from my own personal experience, it's very much a, a similar thing. It's like, well, you can say what you want, man, but I'm coming at you, mm-hmm. period. End of story, you know? And I'll do it every night. And there's going to be no stopping me, period. So it's like, 
I get it, you know, and I, I, I liked I liked seeing him walk that gauntlet and do it so well. It was awesome. Yeah, he really took it in stride and he he did not care. He was like, I'm awesome. singing in my favorite band and I know Dude. I can kill this. Well, not to mention he's only got G and R to go back to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's a pretty know? good fallback plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doing the biggest tour of the last like 25 years. Right. It's like, yeah, you know what? No, day job's not so bad. You know? <laughs> My like, fallback's going back to being an elementary school janitor. So that's true. That's what he did before this. <laughs> elementary school janitor. They all need a metalhead janitor. <laughs> or is that two? All right, and it's time for rocker versus writer, and we're here with Ben Wyman and William Duvall of Giraffe Tongue Orchestra. Some call them a supergroup. Some people think the term's overused. We're going to see what they think. They're going to be taking the side of that the supergroup is an overused term. And as the writer who uses the word supergroup pretty frequently, I'm going to be defending it here. It's a compliment, really. Right. But the only thing bad about it is that it creates expectations. Mm. Um, hmm. You know, and, and the truth is, is any, like, supergroup or that, you know, outside you know a new project outside of what people are known for that would make someone a super part of a super group if people are known from being from another project the reality is is that it's, it's a baby band right. <laughs> you know what i mean over. like you're starting we're over all starting respects. from scratch mm-hmm. here we don't know we're struggling mm-hmm. we're trying to make it work we're trying to figure out logistics mm-hmm. you know we're all trying to practice and learn our songs and and we all and know what people are going to think we have no idea mm-hmm. if anyone likes it we have no idea it's just like a starting a new band. That that's what it is. But it happens to be with people who are seasoned and have been doing this a long time. So, you know, to some supergroup, to me, baby band. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and also as you pointed out too, it's just people who are in your orbit who you naturally run across. You know, you you've maybe admired their work, but you're also kind of friends, and you you know you've seen each other over the years, and so. It's not like, oh, super, you know, you're not looking across the table from one another going, you're super, you're super, no, you're <laughs> super, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just, you know, these are these cats you dig. And you, you can go to Guitar Center and get a, find you know? the dude noodling to get the guitar player, or you can call up Brent Hines, who you talk to right. the day before anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's really just a matter of... a natural of thing. natural, and in this day and age with <clears throat> technology... You're not when you're putting a band together. You're not thinking of who's in like your friend from high school. Oh, you're a crazy singer. You play bass because you're a bad guitar player. You know what I mean? You're like, mm-hmm. you can be like, who would I really want to play with? Wherever they are, because mm-hmm. you can send files. You can like, you know, hang out and whatever. So mm-hmm. now, from the fan perspective, like, because you know, we use the term supergroup, yeah. and uh, there's so many of them now. And like you said, yeah. technology's made it easier trading files back and forth. You don't have to get in the same room and jam anymore. Yeah, but. For us, or I mean, at least me personally, yeah. the most interesting thing is taking what I really like, say, about your guitar playing, your singing, and from your respective band, but seeing how that translates in something else. Because mm. sometimes guys are really only good at being in, you know, most, one band. Most people are. And yeah. Most super groups are, you know, people say this all the time and they're right. Usually the, uh, you know, the parts of the yeah the sum, the sum is not equal to the equal to, to the parts mm-hmm. yeah and, and uh the most part but i think that's not because people aren't good at what they do or they want it's because um you know sometimes do you think it's the it, expectations it, that you talked about sometimes it's expectations but also sometimes it's like the time and logistics people have to get this stuff done 
they kind of get in a room and and they don't know if they work well they don't know if there's chemistry they don't know any of that they just know mm -hmm. they like the person they like each other's bands and that's the problem with super groups is you're going based off that not just having a natural chemistry of hanging out growing up together coming from the same place necessarily but with this group uh uh whether someone thinks it's good or not the difference is is that we've been working on this for years and we cycled through people and some of them didn't work out and some of them were my favorite people in the world and they're still great but just didn't mesh and mm -hmm. we did not let this thing happen until it felt right there were, the goal was to make a great record and to to enjoy something outside of our comfort zone of what we were doing not necessarily just to make a group in the time span we were off and that's typically what super groups are mm -hmm. right so i guess you know I, I feel like there is a difference in approach maybe and the thing with supergroup is that it generally always has a positive connotation. Um, nobody's going to say supergroup like, oh, I bet it sucks. Like, I don't know, it's, man. It's, have you heard always, I bet it's fun? awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing about it is it, 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 it does just inherently the word supergroup has a positive connotation. But the overuse of it, and as you guys were saying, like for your you know generation, it's, it's, it's become a thing that's it, it's just it's just so pervasive now and i guess that's um due to many factors i mean not least of which is is the 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 economics of the industry now as well as the 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 file sharing aspect so in 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 some ways it's easier to transfer information back and forth in order to get some collaborative thing going and to get a piece of work done and it's also on the sort of downside, for lack of a better way of putting it, it, there's there's a need more than ever for for guys and bands to diversify their their portfolios, mm -hmm. right? I mean, not everybody gets to, you know, make a, a a really decent living doing this, and it's getting harder and harder to do it, and so it becomes more and more about just like, well, you know, Keeping am I fun. having fun and 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 you know, oh, maybe I'd like to do something with this guy. We're friends. We've drank, we've hung out backstage and drunk beers together. Let's try to make a band, you know. Mm -hmm. And and uh, you know, it, it creates one more opportunity to maybe go out there and tour a little bit or something like that. And and it just so it, there's an economic component to probably why it's happening so much as well. Um, and again, with us, I mean, luckily we fall outside of a lot of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like. Yeah, and, we, it, and it's interesting you said that. I never even thought about this, but like there is an economic incentive for a supergroup because typically band guys will get together and think, well, the collective people in here, we're going to get a huge record deal. It's proven. This guy was in a huge band. This guy mm -hmm. did this. This guy did this. We're putting this out on our own. Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. it's like that's not the <laughs> where our hands are on this everything. You know, like right. videos, everything, like artwork. This complete you know, passion. Hands projects. are in it. To, from you know it's this is not some kind of big money grab you know right. this is really something we want to have do our way you know, because of maybe exactly. all the experience we have and and there's the not things, a lot of cooks in the kitchen yeah we yeah, wanted like, to do this differently than maybe we've done in the past mm -hmm. or maybe some of the things we learned that worked we wanted to implement them and that's an opportunity mm -hmm. yeah uh, did you guys ever see the show supergroup on vh1 
Yes. Mm. That, that was with uh, Evan Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, and my God. Ted Nugent, Ted Scott yeah. Ian, wow. and Jason Bonham. And, and, and Sebastian, Sebastian Bach. Bach. My Savage God. Animal. If that, show, wow. if that show did not kill the, the name wow. Super Crew yeah, you're right. forever. That As really you're saying, did. the sum of all, all the parts did not work. That right. was really just embarrassing. Wow. It really was embarrassing. That was a car crash, but I'm glad they filmed it. Although we could have a reality show. That's Dude, we could. We, we Brent we Hines reality yeah, show. Yeah, him on his own. I'm really. for that. Yeah. I'm pretty much been doing Facebook Live things, <laughs> you know, just because. Because he's around. Just yeah. everything. Now we got Thomas Pridgen over at the studio, and I'm sure it's gonna be a laugh a minute. It's it's craziness. <laughs> oh. Now, um, you said really working out of your comfort zone, um, in the group. Do you yeah. think anything with uh, the increased accessibility to so much music has diversified tastes, made people more eclectic, and that's why we're seeing so many more, I guess, quote-unquote, supergroups, is that people want to now delve into Maybe. these things because no, it's so it. readily available. I mean, I think the problem is, well, the, I guess the advantage of a supergroup is that people kind of can identify it based on the sum of the people who have maybe been r- rose above the noise, mm-hmm. you know, because right now there's so much out there. Uh, there's no kind of quality control. Back in the day, I was always mad as a young music fan that we had to listen to what was given to us by the major labels. And that sure. was it. We didn't know, you know, we didn't know. And luckily, in some of those, you know, I was coming up through high school, it was bands like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden. They were good bands, you know. But um, there was this kind of like club of you had to really dive and do the work to find other things. And I did. And that's how I got into underground punk and metal and stuff like that. Uh, but now it's almost the opposite. Like there's no gatekeeper and there's no quality control and there's so much noise, that word noise, but it really is. There's so much sensory overload that nobody knows what's good, what's bad. Everything's on playlists. So most kids don't know what a band is. They just know the song. It's like song after song after song mm-hmm. in a genre that's been recommended because you like this song. They don't know who it is. They don't know the name. They're like, I just like that song, that song, and that song. So if a super group is one more opportunity for it to be like, oh, that's the band with that guy and that guy and that guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least it's some right. kind of like starting point of like, okay, at least I know they know what they're doing. Don't know if I like it, but I'm going to yeah. check it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I think using the term super group too could initially pull in a lot of people. They see the word mm-hmm. super group and mm-hmm. they automatically go, oh, I got to see who's in this. I hate um, it. Totally. But yeah, one weird thing about uh, supergroups, a lot of people do tend to dislike the term, and that's kind of uh, unique to music because in, like, say, the comic book world, yeah. people love the stuff. I was because thinking about like, it, like, they, they, you know. Yeah, you got the superer, the better. better. You got the Avengers, the Justice (laughs) League, the Super Friends, and everyone like that. Everyone goes nuts. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. well, I I guess the problem is is not the word; it's the fact that so many of them suck. (laughs) So many of the super. So if you don't want to like be associated with supergroups, because like a lot of them blow, you know. So yeah, the word has no problem. You know, would you be would you prefer that the word be applied after people listen to the album and they go like. Wow, yeah, that this really did the sound. super group stamp yeah. of approval. <laughs> That's like, interesting. No, no, I just don't think it should automatically. Uh, no, I don't think, it, I think it's not a good or a bad term, but unfortunately, more have been not a success. So That's true. Uh, yeah. I guess you automatically have an association with negativity when you hear that word. The mm-hmm. word in itself doesn't mean anything bad to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, you think of Sebastian Bach and Evan Seinfeld <laughs> and, like, <laughs> son of Bonham or something yeah. like Jason Bonham they knew Bonham what they were doing when they made all those all doing calls. drugs and out, you know, 
Oh, dude. <laughs> Trying to make a song together. Do you remember the band name? What? Oh, dude. <laughs> Please tell me. It was horrible. It was Damocracy. That's right. Oh, Damocracy. God. So, yeah, a lot of people, when they think super, they, never they, think, they think Damocracy. Damocracies never work. <laughs> no, they, they don't think cream. They think that's Damocracy. Un, yeah, that's cream. unfortunate. That's, yeah, that's a super group. There you yeah. go. That's that's a legit yeah. super group. I mean, My that, was, that, was, that, was the, that was the first coining of the term, I believe, too. Was, I think you're right, yeah. It was yeah. cream. I, I think, think around, so. like, Blind Faith, too. I love that band. Blind Faith was the sort of apex of it, I guess. Um then but yeah cream was dubbed a super group that was the first mm -hmm. term that i the first usage i recall yeah i think the moral of the story is if you want to do a super group get eric clapton in your band or he'll do know, it or get 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 the or get the you know yeah. the clapton page you know of today you oh know, like god yes brent hines and brent hines yeah, the clap. and, and mm, you know the clap. I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even god what that guy must have going on down there oh come on <laughs> this day and age come on you can eat eat We've all got stuff. everything, don't we? Come on. Just me? Brent no. Hines is a pirate, man. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. He, he can eat cancer and shit it out. Yeah, <laughs> done. He's, he's the great. He's just... Yeah. <laughs> Super. <laughs> don't worry about it. You could, like, take his blood and it'll, like... It's like X-Men. You can cure you of everything. Yeah, it's going to be him and cockroaches, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> he's been through it all. That would be the reality TV show is Brent Hines in a post-apocalyptic wasteland oh. by himself. Oh wow! <laughs> oh please! There All it right. is. I don't know if that work out. That's. I guess. I. I am now hoping for a Trump presidency. Now that I can, <laughs> so, so we can have that yeah. show. <laughs> I was in a cab yesterday, and literally the guy said he wanted Kanye West to be the vice president, and Trump why, to be the why president. Not? Why not? And at this point, why? Might not? as well. <laughs> Might as why well. not? Uh, all right, I want to thank you guys for this episode of Rocker versus Writer. Uh, everybody listening, let us know what you think in the comment section below. One thing I would love to talk about is the Irony is a Dead Scene EP because it's yeah. one of my favorite pieces of music ever. And I remember first hearing it. The first time I heard it must have been in 2003 when I was in high school. I was 15 oh years old, and I basically at that time only listened to pop punk. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I was in music class at the computer, and yeah. there somebody had burned it onto the computer. That's crazy. And I saw the Dillinger Escape Plan. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a cool name because yeah. I'm into true crime and stuff like that. Oh. So I hear it, and of course, the first song I put on is "When Good Dogs Do Bad Things." So so immediately, yeah. I'm the best you'll ever. Harvey, 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 Harvey. And I'm like, ah. What like All right. <laughs> like what the what is this? And I like turned it off and it like disturbed me. Yeah. It disturbed but then uh, it became like my favorite thing in the world, you know. That's <laughs> usually the super fans that we have are the ones that really did not like it at first and felt compelled to give it another try and another yeah. try. So um and then there's the girls who say my boyfriend likes your band. Oh, from from that? It must be Patton. It must my be Patton's no, voice. My girlfriend <laughs> the, no, there's the girlfriends that say my boyfriend likes your band. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of those. There's the, the, there's the guys that like our bands, and the girlfriends are saying well, their boyfriends like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to know, um, are there any distinct memories of, of recording that with a guy like Mike Patton or like the, the few shows that you actually did get mm. to play with him? Yeah, you know, it was really, I guess, it for one, it was just an honor that he respected us and liked our music because he's very critical. 
as Very. people know. Um, but once you're in, you're in type of thing. And uh, he doesn't care, obviously, if you're successful or if, you've been, if you're a massive band or if you're playing some punk show in a basement. He likes what he likes. Um, so that was number one. It really made me feel like maybe I'm doing something okay if someone like that thinks it's cool. You know, maybe I should keep doing this, you know. Yeah. Um, but I will say I remember, obviously, he has amazing stories about Faith No More. Oh, he had God. amazing stories about being on tour with Guns N' Roses. Um, wow. And that I enjoyed a lot because he was with them in the heyday, you yeah. know, of that, like Metallica, Faith No More, Guns N' Roses. Yeah, Think totally. about a monster tour. Yeah. Um, and um, and I, I do remember saying to myself, well, I'm not going to hold back. This has to be the record I want it to be. I don't care who it is. It's either going to be, you know, I'll probably never talk to the guy again, ever, anyway. So <laughs> this is my chance to make a record with my favorite singer in the world from when I was a kid. Like, the greatest, so yeah. I was hard on him. And I expected, really? for, yeah, I was oh. very hard on him, you know? So um, when he, uh, when it was over, I thought he was gonna be like, who do you think you are? And he was like, this was one of the best experiences I've had. You know exactly what you want. You know, I don't, you know, you know most of the people I work with, they just have no idea what they're doing. You were very, you knew what you needed. You knew what you want. We had a great time. This is, we gotta do this again. This is awesome. So I think we bonded a friendship and uh, I still consider him like a mentor really because I think he he's always done it his own way, really, and um, and figured it out without compromising. So, uh, William, did you see Ben's appearance on the godlike metal talk show Two Minutes to Late Night? <laughs> because <laughs> no, I, I swear that's that is probably one of the greatest things that mm. not enough people have seen. Okay, I'll is on the Two the, Minutes to Late sure Night. It was the uh, pilot. It was the first the we kind of you know. Dude, First time that thing ever existed. It so. was so it was so excellent. I really yeah. hope they end up making uh, more of those. And you went into a, a a pop girl band's practice space. Uh, uh, I heard about you this. heard oh you heard about this <laughs> yeah auditioning as their new guitarist yeah. and just started. It's like okay you know I think I can jam to this and just started playing like Dillinger riffs. And yeah, you told me about great. this, but I haven't actually yeah, seen it. Yeah, it's fun. What I'm can you tell me about that? Uh, being in that room with those chicks. Um. I, I, you know, I was nervous. <laughs> you know, I was totally nervous because they were totally judging me and like, and, and oh. uh, like, but um, it was fun. You know, I don't know. It was great. It was yeah. pretty cool. But it was like, if I didn't get it, I'm okay. Like mm. Axel, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool because I wasn't trying to get you know audition for my like. No, not. And it's but, cool because like if you try to explain what you do in Dillinger, yeah. they're never gonna get it. Right. So might as well just have well, fun now they and keep, jokes okay, on now them. Now they keep texting me, asking me to like come on stage with them and play. Really? Them. I'm like, I'm like, I, no, I'm busy. Oh, man. What's, <laughs> but, what's, what's their band name? Let's give them a plug at least. Do you remember? Um, Celeste and the something. Whatever. Celeste, screw name is, Yeah. If you were to name it, what would you name it? <laughs> I asked what if it could be like the Ben Celeste and, and the Ben Celeste and the Ben yeah yeah yeah, bands, yeah. <laughs> like, but, um, uh, you just stepped in the room dude <laughs> yeah but they were cool I mean like it was interesting because they had this uh, like drummer from like I don't know she's from like Colombia who just oh. came here and like again just answered the ad and she was shredding and she's like a star in Colombia she's on TV and she's like all really these, hmm. you know Damn. and then she, she just wanted to come to America to learn drums like and she was just in that room jamming with them. They had only played like two times. And none of those girls, it was like a crazy. And none of those girls, they all met from like 
want ads and stuff, you know, like yeah, you know, sure. And they were doing doing it. So and they were all not from New York. They all came to make it, you know, to the big city and. Oh, they made so, it on two minutes to late night. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was excellent. Yeah. All right. Uh, last one for you guys. Uh, we put out a list recently of uh, bands, in our opinion, who we thought have never made a bad album. And both Alice in Chains and Dillinger Escape Plan and Mastodon, Mastodon. were all on that list. Cool. So, um, yeah, coming... Sounds like a super group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a super group needs to have. Yeah, <laughs> right? So, coming from you guys, who do you think is, like, an essential band, in your opinion, that's really just never made a bad album? Wow. Well, I'd say you... You can't really mess with the, uh... The Zeppelin catalog's pretty hard to fuck with. Yeah. Um, I think, uh... You know, again, Hendrix, that's pretty hard to mess oh, with. Oh, I love, he, you I know, love Hendrix. He didn't have that long, but what time no. he did have, he really maximized it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, the, you know, Sabbath has a, a lot of good records. I mean, like, it's, it's an extraordinary amount of records. I mean, I can't speak to sure. the entire yeah. catalog, but. There's a couple to clunkers. Get, to, get, to get, like, to get. Six or seven in a row, yeah. The yeah. first six, like it's like it's like okay, that's and and especially living how they were living and oh putting my. out you know one or two albums a year, yeah. it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, cocaine, yeah, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely, especially you know, volume, volume four. four on, yeah. Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. That's but, probably my favorite personally, you know. And then and then Bowie is hard to fuck with, honestly. And yeah, Prince is hard to mm. fuck with. I mean, oh, yeah. how do you define a bad record for those guys? Like it. Yeah. They went so out of like, so out of their comfort zone right. and yeah. reinvention. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they were just they they put they put they put their work before everything else, and you really you really see it. You really see it. You feel it. <laughs> what about you, Ben? Um, I would well the Beatles. Sure. Oh, hey, I mean, how are you doing? <laughs> right? Let's just be obvious. I mean, I enjoyed every Nine Inch Nails record, even mm -hmm. the instrumental one, even, you know, I got something really amazing out of those. I loved them. Um, uh, I don't know if I would say Bowie, and I'm a massive Bowie fan, because I didn't enjoy... I loved the last record. It, like, changed my life Black in Star? a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but there were some moments that weren't as inspiring to me. Um, sure. But overall, again, yeah. like Black Sabbath, like overall. Yeah. But as a overall, career, insane, I'm just saying you know? overall. Yeah. And um, so, and, like, and, I would take his record. I would take. Yeah. It. I would and take. I, think, I would take I, his his batting average. I'd right. Take <laughs> and, that and again, like, I'd take like Prince's you know, worst album. You know, any yeah. 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 exactly. most people's best. So <laughs> exactly, I get it. Yeah. Cool. All right. We want to thank you guys so much for coming, and we appreciate your time so much. Uh, Giraffe Tongue Orchestra, the new album, Broken Lines, is in stores September twenty three. Take a listen to it. Like another cool thing though I think about the super group is that it could introduce fans to other bands that they didn't hear of before. Like maybe an Alice in Chains fan has never heard Dillinger. And they might have, That's you know, true. the same reaction that you did when you heard the Iron Needs of Dead Scene EP. <laughs> I mean, there's gotta be some fifteen there will be some fifteen year old kid who's an Alice in Chains fan who is now going to get turned on to Dillinger. Like it will happen. That's a good point. Yeah, I think you're right. And that that moment, although terrifying when I was in high school was like 
It was essential because now I'm a huge Dillinger Escape Plan fan, if you couldn't tell by my questions for Ben Weinman. Uh, you know, so I, I'm glad it happened, although it felt like it kind of broke my brain at the time. Like, if you listen to that song, When Good Dogs Do Bad Things, it's probably the most insane piece of music that's ever been recorded, uh, or like the third most insane piece of music that uh, Mike Patton's been a part of. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just a, a huge fan. So hopefully, maybe this band, maybe Allison Chains, it'll, you know, it'll reach one of those kids. And Yeah, I think it'll re just keep reinforcing other people's projects, and that the term supergroup really comes from a good place at heart. Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. Well, that's the Loudwire Podcast, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Follow me on Twitter, at Gramwire. Joe still does not have a Twitter. He it's doesn't not going to happen. He doesn't want your Twitter followers. Nope. I actually looked up Thrones of Blood the other day, because that's oh, what you did, said your, did, was your Twitter it? was. It wasn't. No? No, it okay. wasn't. So don't follow that guy. I use it for guy. a lot of stuff. No, actually, go ahead and follow him. He could probably use No, follow followers. that guy and start talking to him about how the podcast is great or crap. Whatever. He's going to be confused. I'm going to laugh. All right. We're going to go play some Dukin. Have a nice day, everybody. Bye.